1: G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. G'day, Paul.
2: Hello, hello, hello. Uh, So I decided... We're not not starting with the whole depressing thing, right?
1: I don't don't find it depressing. I find it funny, but no. Since we're going to be talking about conspiracy theories and junk today, I figured that's the way to go.
2: Hmm. Fair enough. What conspiracies are we talking about uh, today? Well...
1: I wanted to start talking uh, really about the History Channel, the Discovery Channel, and what the fuck went wrong.
2: Uh, they needed to get commercials? They needed to sell commercial space? I haven't watched the, Hit- the History Channel since it became the Hitler, Hitler Channel if like, you like, I don't know, seven, eight years ago.
1: So. It was better when it was the Hitler Channel than it is now. Once you start adding <coughs> shit like Duck Dynasty, these guys were playing golf. They're like, well, this has been my life since the History Channel and the Discovery Channel paid me to behave like this.
2: Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's what that's what happens when we don't publicly fund educational programming. You
1: know? Yeah, but I don't mean, worry, the new budget's going to cut uh, funding to PBS, which we desperately need. So I'm on board right. with a lot of cuts. Don't mess with PBS, seriously. I
2: know that's that's, that's, need- that's been a that's been a constant conservative uh, Republican thing that I can't get behind. I think there should be more funding for PBS because this is this is what happens. We the uh, uh, the THC used to be what the Learning Channel
1: T- yeah. TLC TLC, TLC. TLC. It used
2: to be the Learning Channel. It's just now it's by like
1: NASA. <laughs> yeah, now we
2: have like Honey Boo Boo and shit. You know, I mean, really,
1: that's, but okay. that's what happens when you have that trying yeah. to compete. So I, when, it's when like, you have uh, to
2: sell soap ads. This is what happens.
1: It's really difficult, and I think it breaks my heart just a little bit to see this going on.
2: Mm-hmm. It's been happening to PBS too. They've had to get they've had to get sponsors for some of their stuff, and so you can sponsors see
1: their- are fine. Like I can see sponsorship to a degree, mm. but when it comes down and they've got shit like they just did one called "The Hunt for Hitler." Mm. They've got the uh, what Have is they it? Found Rick? him yet? Yeah, apparently he died.
2: <laughs> okay, just it. apparently he
1: died then there was the um the flat earth movement is getting a show put on there because apparently fuck education now
2: well okay now the flat earth movement might that 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 i can see that could just be entertaining
1: no they're doing it as a legit this is what's going on they just got one on (laughs) netflix that's awful um oh it gets worse but the flat earth movement aside from for christ's sake people We've known the earth was round For right. oh, I'm not Aren't these the
2: it. same people who think Australia doesn't exist Yes Okay. Like I've, I've, I've
1: actually had arguments With these people online They're like Australia's a made up place No I'm from there You're lying <laughs> No I fucking have pictures I grew up there I'd like to remind everyone, every time we swear and I get upset because people insult Australia, uh, we, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club of America. We give money to the Humane Society of America and, of course, free MMA. <laughs> that's, that's, not, <laughs> that's that's not swearing. That's just terrible. Um, we just give, and free moist. MMA.
2: Moist. All
1: right. Okay, I keep telling you, moist isn't a bad word. It just sounds weird. <laughs> I know it's um, a trigger.
2: It's I know it's a trigger for somebody who works on this show.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's uh, Alexis hates it. She has to count every time you do that. I think a big I think a big problem um, with doing things like that and putting it on the History Channel when you right. take something like the flat Earth movement. I could understand mm-hmm. doing a documentary or doing a TV series on hey, why do people think this? It's bullshit, but why do people think it? But to do it as if it's a legit thing, like they did with the hunt for Bigfoot, um, we are selling stupid. This is how we get these conspiracy theorists. We have people like the dude from Ancient Aliens. People are sitting there going, well, when the aliens built the pyramids, the fucking Egyptians built the pyramids.
2: I have a good friend who swears he saw Bigfoot, like... Uh, or a couple of Bigfoots actually about 25 years ago, and I have another friend who's like we used to run the number one Bigfoot podcast on YouTube.
1: Okay, uh, I have no problem <laughs> with cryptozoology. Number
0: one,
1: mm-hmm. um, I'm you know setting up a documentary to go find the Tasmanian tiger, which mm. I'm which which is really I because I lost a bet, but um, <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's why I'm doing it. And but the but the best part is my family's from Tasmania. Uh-huh. So the people I'm calling that are taking us into the bush, right. are like my cousins, my uncles, my dad. Um, I'm having my dad go. We're going out to a place called Granite Tor, which is sheer scale granite rocks, middle of the bush. It, I mean, really, this is the place that land, the time that the land that time forgot. And I'm sitting there, and you know, I'm talking to these guys, and they're like, "Oh, that's great. So you will feel safer going out with your family." I'm like, "Have you met my family?" <laughs> Like seriously, I stabbed my brother in the leg with the with a buck knife. My dad told my brother to walk it off.
2: Ah, uh, yeah, okay, and It was again, an accident. Fair, yeah. I didn't
1: actually mean to stab him with a buck knife, uh, but that that's not the point. Um, and it had jellyfish venom on it. The whole thing was bad. My dad <laughs> once dad found out there was what? jellyfish venom, he decided Lennon was not exaggerating. But. Uh, <laughs> But that's that's my point. Like this is my family. They're like, you know, it's great. You use your family, you, right. know, you Get some yeah, time with every, them. They'll look after you. Every day, I
2: get up and I coat my knives with jellyfish venom.
1: <laughs> there's, there's a point to that, <laughs> but, but you know, it's it's uh, yeah, it was bad. But um, <laughs> you know, I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm going with my family. I'm gonna die. <laughs> like, I'm gonna die. And my dad's response was, "Don't worry about it. You don't have to outrun everyone. Just Alexis." Lex is in the background throwing around.
2: (laughs) I know, I know. Sometimes I get, I get, I get brought on as uh, I get invited camping just to be bear insurance.
1: (laughs) Well, Lex is going to be a Tasmanian tiger insurance. (laughs) But yeah, so I mean, I get people looking for animals like that. If the Tasmanian tiger was still around. If you've ever been to Tasmania, you've ever looked at places like Granite Tor and a couple of other places that Alexis didn't want me mentioning, but I've decided to mention on the radio show, Granite (laughs) Tor. She's like, stop telling people where we're going. Um, And and a few other places um, that are really hard to get to. Mm -hmm. I believe you maybe could find them. If the Tasmanian tiger exists. um, I believe there's
2: stuff out there that we haven't seen, especially in our oceans. Mm. Yes. uh, But something
1: the size of Sasquatch. Uh
2: huh. Well, I mean, I wear a size fifteen sometimes, so you know, maybe it's me. Uh,
1: But it's it's more than that. It's you know, what's what's the I this started because of those people they used to be kept in sideshows. They have trickle the the werewolf syndrome. Um,
2: Oh, those really hairy people.
1: Yeah. Yep. Somebody okay. tell me the name of that syndrome, and I will give you a free ride at Offroad Rentals in Palm Springs, California. Or you can have a float at uh, True Rest, Sedona, or, uh, or Las Vegas. So.
2: Well, the uh, actually, you met him too, now that I think about it. Uh, a friend of mine put together a documentary about a guy who claims he shot and killed a, a Bigfoot but he uh, ran off because he thought it was a human hmm. it's like Ooh, oh crap I shot somebody yeah he uh filmed uh, the uh, the hitman thing oh I like up. him mm-hmm yeah yeah I know it was up on uh, on YouTube for a while but it did get them both on that uh finding Bigfoot show I think it was on spike TV
1: nice now I'm bitching about those shows okay so it's hyper trick <laughs> Hypertrichotosis. Tric- Hypertritosis.
2: Okay, if you can figure out a way to pronounce it, you can also get a free ride. at... I, uh, I like that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how to uh, pronounce that, please.
2: Mm. <laughs> no, it's, hyper.
1: I just got it phonetically. Thank you, guys. Mm-hmm. I love Twitter. Hypertrictosis.
2: Mm. Fair enough, uh, but you know, it. I think it just goes that there that people. They don't, you know. Educational programming doesn't really do a whole lot great in the ratings generally. Uh, of course, uh, Sesame Street aside. Uh,
1: I just want everyone to remember that every time you talk about cutting, uh, cutting down on
2: PBS, PBS
1: and, yeah. you are talking about killing Sesame Street, and you should be ashamed.
2: Yeah, I, well, I think Sesame Street will be okay. They, they, all their merchandising. Uh, profits go straight to putting them in different areas where they lose money but uh, and honestly I met a, I met the lady who runs the second most popular character on uh, Sesame Street the second most popular new character and apparently they only shoot like three weeks a year yeah mm-hmm.
1: they don't do a whole lot I know the guy that played Big Bird. Um mm. that was my mom's friend Big D I'm looking at Alexis sorry um but, yeah, he, was, he, he played Big Bird just because he was really tall. But I,
2: I haven't seen his documentary yet, but I'm, but I, it's on my list.
1: The, the, now, I, I, I know people are writing in right now about Elmo. Mm-hmm. That, we're not talking about rescuing Elmo. We want to let that, that one die. Um, mm,
2: no, Elmo's been taken up by somebody else. It's fine.
1: I, yeah. I, I, I know. I'm talking about the conversation. Mm. You don't want to mess with Elmo.
2: Yeah. No,
3: no. Mm-mm.
1: I think I just find it sad. I think I just find it sad that we're ready to kill something so important.
2: Well, considering how much we spend on other things, and that is just such a small, small... Well, and it's been getting choked even smaller over the last 20, 30 years. Yep. Here's... Um, You know, I guess if anybody saw the Won't You Be My Neighbor documentary, uh, and be forewarned, get tissues. Uh, And uh, where they saw Mr. Rogers in front of Congress uh, saving funding the PBS. I just, it seems to be like a flagship for them, you know? I get it. They don't like to see their tax dollars spent on things that don't, like, involve them directly. You know, but no, we can, we can, we got it. We got the money. It's fine.
1: I think it, it's, I, I don't like people going after that kind of entertainment because that means your children are stuck with the Discovery Channel, which used to be wonderful. And series like um, Deep Blue on Nat Geo are fantastic. But even Nat Geo now is having to pick up what I'm calling stupid programming.
2: Well, uh, well, low intellect, you know, yeah, low IQ stuff. So, but I mean, I'm thinking, aren't there some cartoons out there that are good? I don't know. You have you have a child in the house?
1: She is allowed to watch certain documentaries, and she likes Voltron. I, I don't let her watch television. <laughs> I work in entertainment. I know better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I look at shows like Bratz, I look at these shows for children, and they're appalling.
2: Okay, that that's just toy porn. You know, that's that's but literally that's, all so's,
1: that's so's G.I. Joe, so's He Man. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Most uh-huh. shows sell most children's programming sells right. breakfast or cereals or toy commercials exactly. So yeah. things like Sesame Street are invaluable.
2: And then there is a place for those shows. There's a place, you know, there's no reason that kids can't be entertained, but
1: can we throw a little education in there every once in a while? Amazing, isn't it? Mm Mm-hmm. Just amazing. So anyway, if you can write in people, tell them to leave PBS alone. That's just Yeah.
2: Call your three reps. We all have two senators and one congressperson. Figure out who they are and email them.
1: Just tell them PBS. Like you can, it doesn't matter which side of the party line you're on. Just please, make them stop. <laughs> don't don't mess with PBS. I know uh, I know a lot of people that went on, you know, started with PBS and went on to Disney and Universal and went on to big 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 shows and movies, and they still go back to PBS and work for free because they just can't afford them for the programming sometimes. Mm. And that's how I know a few a couple of people that got a Peabody Award, which I didn't know was a thing because of that.
2: Yeah. It's a pretty well-respected award, and uh, I know a lot of them were for ju- journalism. Uh, yeah. Generally, public good awards.
1: Ah, well, that was the yeah. Uh, that's
2: why they. That's why we don't see them them being awarded on TV. Just saying.
1: Because it's for the public good. Well, if yeah. you pay for the campaign, you can get an Oscar too, Paul. Mm. Yeah, Oscars, guys, they're bought and sold. They're not real. Nobody. I mean, really, the best film of the year bullshit all right guys when we come back we'll chat a little more and we'll be on we have a very 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 special guest today john robert quinn he started writing and producing music at the age of 14 after releasing his first album at 17 uh he knew the music and entertainment would be his path in life he writes music he was blah blah, blah. He decided things weren't happening fast enough while he was waiting for his big break and decided to take matters into his own hands. He quit his job, started booking as many as 25 shows per month around Northern California, found himself releasing album after album and building a name for himself. Uh, In this time, he also is building retail stores, learning about entrepreneurship and marketing. Today, John Robert Quinn has released over a dozen solo albums. He's a guitarist in Anarchy Lace, hosts over a dozen talk shows, is a best-selling author and regarded by many as a rising star. So I'm looking forward to chatting with him. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Boland. We'll be right back after this.
2: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com.
1: Can you truly be a change agent in your community? We think you can. G'day guys, welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and I'm currently in the background talking to Alexis about product partners and people that own my ass. I do want to give a quick shout out to Adrian Alcantar Hair Studios in Palm Springs, California. Thank you for always making me red carpet ready. Um, I have to go out to Fashion Week tomorrow, so I'm grateful for any help I can get looking good asper mills bread company i always like giving a shout out to them because they really do support a lot of charities uh scott haskin llc scott uh thank you for the wonderful music at the beginning of the show we always sound like we're going into like an epic uh film flat black art supplies they do paint and artists and things for free mma which is one of the people we give money to every time we swear off-road rentals thank you for doing the giveaways pinot's palette and palm springs thank you for doing giveaways for the show and, of course, Dr. Russ and the New Palm Springs Diet, if you want to lose weight, that's the way to go. It's a sublingual spray and works wonderfully. If you guys can tell me uh, what the New Palm Springs Diet does, I'll give you a painting from Pinot's Palette in Palm Springs. They do really cool kind of artsy, and you can go out and paint. And I just like the paintings they do. So. Oh, put me in coach. We'll give that away. <laughs> put me in. It's like, I'll do it. It's, uh, it's, it's really, really cute. So, bleh. We're back. And I got Hmm. distracted. What were we talking about, Paul? Before I got
2: distracted. Bigfoot and uh, bad television and PBS needs to be lit below.
1: I'd like to see. I'd really like to see a learning channel that was financially functional. And I think there is a way of doing it. Um, I just think they're doing it wrong. (laughs) So, like, I really would like to take a crack at PBS. I think I can make a viable. Mm Mm-hmm. It could be made it could be made more financially viable, but I think it's really important to have that kind of television. That's just a personal opinion.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. But it's hard to get kids to watch <laughs> it's hard to get kids to watch actually educational programming past it's, the age of Sesame Street. You know.
1: It's really not. It just depends on how you raise your children. If you let television be the babysitter, then yeah. It takes more and more and more to stimulate them. But if television is a treat, Mm. then it's cool for them to watch. I mean, you know, my my daughter, her favorite film right now is Blackfish.
2: What, that one? Really? The documentary?
1: She she loves Blackfish, but she wants to be an environmental activist. Fair enough. Um, I don't know why (laughs) I have no problem with it. I've no, I know why my uncle once, so once upon a time, my uncle gave her a, a a book on endangered species and she decided she was going to become an environmental activist and save them all. She was like seven and she's still on about it. So I think she's sticking with it. Um, but she really enjoys kind of those documentaries and she loves watching blue Planet, and anything that the, is educational and where you get to see animals you can't tell me that you can't get people watching educational stuff all you have to do is put in a random cat video look how popular those are on the internet
2: yeah I watch them all the time
1: but that's it so it's not hard to get people to watch it just make it interesting it doesn't have to be boring to be educational mm. But I do think that PBS needs to. I, I think PBS needs to stay government government funded, government supplemented, because mm. is as it's so damn important. Like I'm, I'm looking for a way of saying this, but I don't. Yeah, it's understand. it's not just children's
2: programming; it's just you know educational programming for everyone, and also in enrichment of the arts. Or it's exactly. uh, like, like masterpiece theater things like that. It, it's, uh,
0: it's basically the poor man's Discovery Channel. It's free, yeah, I like it that. comes <laughs> on. You, you if, even if you have an antenna plugged into your 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 TV, you know, you're still gonna get that channel. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's a really good point. And um,
2: even, even, you know, I mean, I granted when I was a kid, I watched. Uh, that's how I got Monty Python. You know, not probably the most educational of anything although I would disagree but still
1: uh okay number one Monty Python is excellent yes Uh, number two you you have to look at it from a realistic point of view and the easiest way to put it is this we've taken art and drama out of schools we've taken so much of the creative arts away and we're trying to focus on the sciences and things I mean, hell, we've focused on go to college to the point that we're desperate for tradesmen because we've really pushed tradesmen out. We need, we need the arts as a society and as people. That's just, here's, here's, my, yeah, here's my pitch. We need the arts. As a society, mm-hmm. it makes us better. We don't remember Rome because they had wonderful street vendors or they were really, really good at math. And we don't remember the Chinese because they invented the abacus. Um, we don't remember the Greeks because they use the abacus. We remember things and we remember people because of their contribution to history, and the contribution to history has to do with art.
2: Agree, mm. agree. There's nothing to do with enriching. I mean, the natural endowment for the arts took a giant hit back in the '80s, which you know. It, it, God, my okay. It was during a conservative presidential in- administration, and a guy puts Jesus in a jar full of, of pee-pee. You don't think that you were going to hurt some things? I'm seriously. Mm.
1: I always you know? find it interesting when people bring Jesus into politics. You know he was like a a uh, left-wing hippie that wanted free health care for all, right?
2: Shh. Don't tell him you're going to scream. The conservatives will go nuts. Uh. But, yeah, Paul, I'm left of
1: Lenin. Like, I know. People, I know. Like, but you don't put on. you don't
2: put a crucifix in a jar of pee during a uh, Republican administration, uh, and still expect the National Endowment for the Arts to uh, walk away unscathed.
1: I gotta say, there are a lot of things I don't agree with that people do in media, but I think you should be allowed to do that. Freedom of speech means freedom of speech. Right. And it safe. was
2: a freedom of speech. Unfortunately, it was government funded.
1: And I so, I, I agree. <laughs> I'm not so, saying it was right. But yeah. it's still free- someone it's should like, have gotten fired. That's the It wasn't
2: most. smart, you know. No,
1: that's dumb.
2: And Robert Maplethorpe takes some amazing photos. But dude, seriously. I mean, wasn't there like a there was some museum that had like a, an elephant covered in poo poo not too long ago? I, uh, I, I think I, it was like seven, eight years ago. And that was... Or that might have been during the Bush administration or when we had a, like a Republican majority Congress. It's just like, not good, people.
1: people. You know? Actually, exactly. Sorry, I'm I talking did, to Alexis. I just broke my phone case. Just clean my phone and put it in the case. please. Um, no, it, the, I don't know. There was a... Use that one. Um, I think people get offended really easily there was a new age art exhibit where the cleaning lady threw out a bunch of boxes or what she thought were packing boxes it turned out that was the exhibit
2: yeah uh and then there was a guy who uh he walked to the middle of the floor of an art gallery took his glasses off put them on the floor and then he stared at them. he stared at his glasses on the floor for a good 20 minutes and a crowd formed yeah yeah and then after about like 20 30 minutes he just picked up his glasses and left but unfortunately, right. there's video of that. What?
1: Yeah, uh, he was trying to art. prove that yeah. people. He he was trying to prove <laughs> that people was <were> stupid.
2: <laughs> yeah, the modern art's kind of like yeah. There's like well, I've you don't, seen something like
0: that to know that you just go on YouTube and just you see all the. I the
1: stuff. I like some modern art, but that's the that's the brilliance of art. And I'm putting PBS in it when I say this. That's like Banksy. You don't have like to Banksy, like basically. it. Yeah, I like Banksy. I liked what he did on the last one where he shredded the picture. As soon as it went well, and sold, it, it. it started shredding. Yeah, and they they managed to stop it, but it was brilliant. I think I well, it Now I've it's valued things, more
2: like,
0: at where it's at now because of the shredding.
2: Yeah, I heard it. I heard there was a, It was either uh, the batteries and the shredder died, or that it was meant to stop halfway.
1: No, it died. Um, I think the battery just wasn't long enough, and so when that's it came down that's yeah. To, yeah.
2: It was it meant looked- to
1: shred the... It actually because looks he tested- it makes more of a
2: point if it's not completely shredded.
0: Yeah, because they tested you know? it beforehand and it worked perfectly fine with other stuff that they, they printed off, but then when it came they down just, to that, it just Yeah, started.
1: they pra- they practiced too much and then it didn't shred all the way. Yeah,
2: it was on a canvas, that's harder to shred.
1: That right? was a problem, so yeah.
2: Maybe they maybe they used paper to figure it out to begin that's, with. And, uh, and- and but, in campus. Uh, I saw somebody. Uh, I was at a Halloween party where somebody that was their uh, they that was they made a T-shirt out of that and they cut slits up halfway through it. So they went as like a Banksy art piece. I thought it was brilliant.
1: that's really clever. But that's mm. what I mean. Like you, you don't have to like that. Um, you don't have to like PBS or everything on it. But we need arts as as a society because that's what we're going to leave behind. That's just a personal opinion. We are going to go to break. When we come back, we are going to be on with our very special guest, and my computer is locking up. Alexis, what are you doing? Sorry, guys, in the background, I'm talking to Alexis. She's trying to fix my phone. We're going to be on with John Robert Quinn. I'm really excited to talk to him, and we'll be right back. Sorry, my phone broke. I'll be back.
0: Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast.
2: All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: What defines your success? Is it success in your business? Success in your personal life? Is it more money? Is it meaningful relationships? How about your passion? Listen for Taking Care of Business with host David Wallach. David's guests share their challenges and what they did to overcome them. What if you can let your passion for success lead you to your success? Taking Care of Business is broadcast live every Tuesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call one 472 5788 That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys.
1: Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene. And for those that were grumbling, because I don't really answer BTS at SummerHelene.com, Alexis does, um, it's best to find me on Twitter, guys. I, I, I do Twitter, and I really avoid Facebook. So if you're talking to me on Facebook, and for the complaints and grumbles I got about that, mostly you're talking to Alexis um, or someone else. If you actually get a hold of Alexis, you'll have a far more interesting conversation. Hmm. Uh, that was just a note. I'd like to welcome to the show John Robert Quinn. I know we already went through his bio, guys, but I'm going to have him tell you all about himself. G'day, g'day. Welcome to the show.
3: How you doing?
1: Uh, Feta Midland. How are you doing?
3: I'm doing good. <laughs> no, uh, I've been checking you guys out. Uh, really impressed with what you guys are doing. You guys got a lot of, uh, you're getting a lot of notable people on the show and, um, you're uh, just hearing your last interview, you're, you're talented. You're good at what you do.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you very, very much. I've been doing it a really, really long time, and we Paul's try. been doing this really, really longer than I have.
3: It's <laughs> funny well, being on the other side, though. Usually i look the, doing old, the
1: me... Ah, so what's oh, so it like so for you being interviewed?
3: It's weird. To <laughs> <I'll> be quite <laughs> honest with you, yeah, it's super weird. But, uh hey, you know what, I mean, it's all part of the job, so uh, I guess a little bit about me, um, I got my first entrepreneurial bug when I was a teenager, and uh, was really just trying to figure out who I was, and was trying to come up with, you know, crazy ideas, and um, trying to figure out how to make money with it, and um, eventually went straight, you know, I essentially I just went to music, and I started writing and producing music, and... Recording cassettes and selling them to the kids at school, and there's probably some people, some friends of mine from school that are listening right now. Of course, I posted the link up on social media, and we're all in contact. So if anybody has any of those cassettes, I'm talking about it on the radio. But um, the point is, is that uh, you know, I was I was trying to figure out how to get my music out there, and it wasn't until probably. Um, my eight, eight, 17 or 18 years old, that I, you know, I started really taking my music serious and, um, did my first essential album at 17. Um, it's still available today. Get it on iTunes. It's called New Faces by John Robert Quinn, J O N, Robert Q U I N N. And, um, it's terrible. It's absolutely atrocious. It's horrible, but it is my first album. So it is what it is. And then, um, I started my first uh, actual business business and failed it miserably like anybody at 18, year old. 18 years old does. And um, after cleaning up that mess, went and focused on the music full time and toured and uh, did a bunch of records and was playing like 25 dates a month and um, was starting to get get my, my foothold out there in the music business and then uh, had a brilliant idea to start opening retail stores and kind of... You know, sidelined the music, I guess you can say, and was, was thinking about the bigger picture, I guess, because well, there's no music and you know no money in the music business. So um, I said, okay, well, let's let's start making some money. And I was about 22 at the time, and um, long story short, did that for about five or six years, failed that business at 30. And fast forward now, I'm 36. So I'm a best-selling author. Um, I've written several business books. I've got twenty talk shows. Uh, number one FM radio here in in Sacramento. Um, I'm in a kick-ass rock band called Anarchy Lace, and we're playing large venues. We're opening for a lot of the major these major acts that come through town. And um, I've got 14 studio albums now. And yeah, I just you know it, it, you know we're inspiring young people. We're inspiring entrepreneurs. We're helping entrepreneurs. Uh, the radio shows are doing well, um, and uh, essentially, I'm just following my dream. You know, I just I could have gone back to work and got a career at the state or something, but I didn't. I just stayed in show business and I've made a living at it and have become fairly successful.
1: Let me ask you: if you were asked, because you've been doing this, you know, and you're you got more shows than we do, um, what, what question would you ask you? If you asked you one question, what question would you ask? <sighs>
3: What motivates you?
1: Okay, what motivates you? What motivates me? Helping people.
3: No, helping people. Um, You know, at the end of the day, um, you know, and it's so funny because I tell my clients all the time, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm not in this for the money. And they're like, come on, bull crap. You you are in it for the money. I'm like, no, I I got bills to pay. I got a family to feed. I got to pay rent. I can't pay taxes with smiles. But... At the same time, I'm not in it for the money. Where oh. I really get, where I really get the warmth in my business is when a small business owner comes to me and they're having a ton of trouble and they're trying to figure out what moves to make. And a great example is, is, um, NorCal auto body. You know, these guys came to me, he was in the middle of a divorce. Yes, I can talk about it. We've talked about it on the radio before. He was in the middle of a divorce and he was just trying to figure out how to gain control of his business. And I sat him down and we literally just started going piece by piece with his business. And I go over to his business yesterday and he's flourishing. He's doing well. He's got tons of business. He's happy. He's smiling. He's not talking to me about when the next bill is coming in. He's talking to me about when the next car is going out, which is amazing. It's, it's wonderful to see these guys become successful from my ideas and my failures and, and the lessons that I've learned along the way and, and using that to help and inspire other entrepreneurs.
1: What's the best advice you have for somebody starting a business?
3: Um, be true to yourself Um, don't go after the money it's not about the money I think a lot of people start a business because they're trying to chase a shiny object Um, you really have to focus on something that you're passionate about I wrote it in my first book uh, to increase your wealth, health and life and then it was reincarnated into my Think and Grow Wealth book Um, I talk about um, you really want to focus on things that you're passionate about. If it's cars that you're passionate about, do that. If it's purses or sunglasses, do that. If it's art, as you were just talking about, do that. Don't follow the money, because the money is nothing more than the exchange of value for value. If you can provide that end user with value, they're going to give you in return what you want, uh, because money is just an exchange of value. So if you're providing somebody with what they need, they're going to give you what you need. So just follow your heart, follow your passion, and never chase the money. Get out there and just help people. I think that's the best advice.
1: Okay, I like that. I think, um, now I'm going to ask you, one of the, so, something I find in common with a lot of people we've had on the show, especially very successful people, I hear it from fighters, I hear it from, uh, from entertainers, is the best thing they ever did was fail. What was oh, your yeah, most spectacular? Absolutely. What was your most spectacular failure?
3: Um, They're all failures.
1: You know, I
3: I mean, a failure from failure, I mean, I'm the cold call king, right? I mean, I wrote the book, The Cold Call King. People tell me all the time that they don't like my approach on cold calls yet. You know, at the end of the day, I'm the one who wrote the book, The Cold Call King. So apparently I am the cold call king, which means that if you want to be better, then you have to write a better book. At the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. So... I fail, too. On the phone, I fail. I fail when I get a ticket and the cop pulls me over and I raise my voice and he immediately slaps me with 10 miles over, right? We all fail. I think the most spectacular fail, though, is the one that you learn from. I mean, I've had fails where I ended up, like, literally, I had no money, I had no food, I had literally nothing and I would get in my car with with gaslight on and drive to the coffee shop and grab my acoustic guitar. It was a piece of junk at the time, right? a little $50 guitar. And I would sit there and sing songs at 30 years old so I can make 15 bucks, so I can go get a couple of jack-in-the-box tacos and put another $10 in my car so I can go to my Taco Bell job tomorrow. You know, that's what my life was like at 30. And here I am at 36, and... I'm, uh, people are calling me, I mean, I've got schools, entrepreneurial and business schools teaching my philosophies in their curriculum. It, 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 for me, it, mis- it, it blows my mind that people would think of my ideas and my concepts as something that can be used to teach and inspire people, but without those failures that I've had, I wouldn't be able to, to, to tell people, whoa, you shouldn't do this or you shouldn't do that. Oh, this is going to happen if you do this because I've already done it, you know? But it, it, again, the failure, what people have to think about is that failure is amazing. If you wanted to learn how to skateboard, for instance, you're going to fall and break an arm or skin your knee or whatever, bump your head on the ground, that's all part of it. But once you figure out not what, you know, what not to do next time, then you become, you move forward in your, in your, in your practice, and essentially, it's all we are—is we're doctors. I mean, entrepreneurs—we're just doctors. We're business doctors. So all we're doing is practicing and trying to find solutions to problems.
1: I like that. That's a really brilliant way of looking at it.
2: Well, if you're not losing, you're learning.
3: <laughs> oh
2: yeah, I like absolutely. That.
3: And 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 I mean, even the guy that you know goes to prison for thirty years. I mean. He, he learned a really, really harsh lesson. Unfortunately, if he's like 80 years old, it was going to change his life a little bit. But um, but it's still a lesson, and he can still pull out of it. Um, you know, he can he can change his life around. So,
1: what was the hardest learned lesson you ever got?
3: The hardest what now?
1: The hardest learned lesson. <laughs>
3: Uh, One that's that's fairly recent that I think is kind of funny is is I I get asked to go out and speak at this this, um, sales seminar thing, and this lady standing at the back of the room, really pompous lady, blonde lady, I'm just going to call her out, Danielle, I love you, you're amazing, I hate your guts. Um, You know, she really made me think, and she looks at me, we speak for about five minutes or so, and she looks at me, and she goes, you know what, you are the most judgmental arrogant person I think I've ever met. And it's absolutely appalling. And you really need to wake up and quit chasing that shiny object. And I was literally like ready to punch her in the face. I was like so mad. I was like, well, I guess our conversation here is done. And I turned around and walked the other way and I never spoke to her again. And I've still never spoken to her again. But it was about six months later that I realized what she was talking about. And every now and again, we just need a little bit of humble pie and we get into our own ways. And, you know, there's clients that, you know, I send the invoice out, and they don't pay the invoice as quick as I want them to pay the invoice, and I call them up, and I'm like, look, bro, you're really in, you're out. And then he says, okay, I guess I'm out. And I go, well, crap, I went three grand. So that didn't go well, another lesson learned, right? So, I mean, I get harsh realities every single day. In, in all honesty. And I think every entrepreneur does. And the entrepreneur, I'll tell you something, one of my sales managers when I was younger, when I sold cars, you know, he told me, you're, you're either green or you're dead. You have to stay green. You have to be learning. If you're, when you're done learning, just get out of the business. You're done. So I think a lot of these entrepreneurs I speak with, they, they tell me, you know, they know everything. Well, if you knew everything, you'd be running for president and would have $10 billion in the bank. But you don't. You're in Sacramento, you're scraping by like everybody else, so apparently you don't know everything.
1: I like that. So yeah, I like the learn or die. I think that's an excellent way of looking at things. I think that's a really excellent yeah. way of looking at things.
3: Yeah, you know, if and, you had to I'm, tell I'm every flawed. if you I'm had pretty to, harsh.
1: If you could only teach people one thing, if they learned one thing from you, what would it be?
3: If I could teach people one thing, understand what you're worth. I think the biggest problem that people have is that they don't know what their time is worth. they don't know what they are worth, um, whether it's a marriage, whether it's their at their job or in school um, you know kids, for instance, kids feel inferior because they don't have the nice shoes on or they don't have the fancy backpack or whatever. um women feel inferior inferior in the marriage because the husband doesn't tell her that she's pretty enough or that yeah, he doesn't give her enough attention or maybe she's getting attention from somebody else and he says that she's pretty because it's one of those like you know hot, steamy situations. Um, or let's say that you're at your job and you've been at your job for a long time and you want to raise, but you're just in the wrong position and, well, now you're spun out and crapped out and now you're preventing yourself from excelling. I think the biggest thing that people need to do is really look at themselves in the mirror and say who they are as a person, not how they feel. Take the emotion out of it. Use your head and say, I am what an astronaut, a doctor, a physicist, uh, a rock star, an author, whatever that is, um, to say to yourself every single day that you are something and believe it, and then take the necessary steps to do it. Um, I think that anybody can change their life if they just believed in themselves and understood what they were worth. And again, value. Money is nothing more than the exchange of value for value. So before we had a currency, we had a barter system, right? We were trading grain for tea or whatever. It's the same today, except we've got something of monetary value, which is money, that we're exchanging for a service or a product. It's the same thing. So if we could understand who we are as people... And understand what we're what we're worth, then we can essentially become anybody that we want to be. But the problem is, is people don't believe in themselves.
1: Well, how do you get someone to believe in themselves? You deal with people, you help lift them up. How do you make someone believe they can do it? How do you get them out of their own head?
3: Put, put them put them around the, the, the people, the right people. I you know it, it you know. Um, you know, my brother, He, you know, he, he drinks a lot, he's been in and out of prison, He's done. He's, he's been in a lot of trouble, and he continues to surround himself with those people, and he continues to get into trouble. And my father, who I've had a, a very not-so-great relationship, if you've read my books, um, I've had a terrible relationship with, with my father in, since day one. Um, him and I really begin to understand and, and learn more about each other later in life than earlier in life, but... The point I'm making is maybe 10 or so years ago, he told me, well, all you do is run around and rub elbows with, with rich people all day. Well, yeah, duh, because rich people are the ones that are going to teach me about the world. They're going to teach me how to think. They're going to teach me what to do and then where to do and the people to meet, where to go and how to get things done. If we don't surround ourselves with the right people, we're never going to excel. So you have to believe in yourself. Yeah, but at the same time, you can't, if you want to be a... A, a nuclear physicist, and you're a car salesman, and you hang around car salesmen all day, you're probably not going to be a nuclear physicist.
1: So, what's you've uh, be, you've Dale, Dale to Carnegie and Napoleon Hill both said that? You're the sum of the five people it, you spend the most time with.
3: I, yeah, Circle of Seven, I call it the Circle of Seven. You know, it, it's the same thing. I mean, if you want to go to church and you want to be. You know, you want to be more holy, then you're going to surround yourself with church people, right? If you want to become a politician, you'll surround yourself with lobbyists. It's just, you, you want to put yourself in the arena of the people that you want to become. And and Grant Cardone says it best, if you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. You've got to surround yourself with bigger and better people, people that you want to aspire to. And they will help you believe in yourself. You'll never hear a successful person except Donald Trump, sit there and belittle other people and tell them that they're no good. You'll never hear that, except for Donald Trump.
1: <laughs> <laughs> valid, valid point. Um, I, think <laughs> su- Paul, I, think su- I think successful people, it, it is uncommon. It is really, really uncommon. The, uh, there, there is an adage, you know, you never want to say anything bad about someone because eventually they're going to be talking about you. Um, I always tell people if you have any chance, if you if you have a chance, read Napoleon Hill. Read, um, you know, Dale Carnegie. How yeah, to Grow Rich people. is an
3: absolutely wonderful book. Uh, it's a must for any anybody who wants to be successful. That is an absolute must. And I will throw in the caveat to that: my book, Think and Grow Wealth. That, that was that was that was my next question. I'm like, we got four book. minutes
1: left. <laughs> tell us what to read because I know you've got a book going. So tell us about your book. We have about four minutes left of the show, and I want to get to your social media. So I'm, I, I know awesome. Think and Grow so, Rich, and yours is Think and Grow Wealth.
3: Well, Think and Grow Wealth is just, it's, it's my story. Um, it's kind of a play on what Robert Kiyosaki, uh, Tony Robbins, Grant Cardone, and Napoleon Hill are talking about with my flavor, my twist to it. Um, the bigger book that I really want people to focus on is The Cold Call King. This book um, in three weeks, became a bestseller. It's absolutely phenomenal book. If you want to get into sales, if you want to become better at reaching the end user, whatever it is that you're trying to sell, and here's it: we're all salespeople. Whether we're whether we're trying to give our kids vegetables or or it doesn't matter. We're all, we're all salespeople. So. again, The Cold Call King is just a wonderful, wonderful book. At the end of the day, it's a wonderful book. I'm just going to leave it at that. There's three versions of it. You've got The Cold Call King, uh, How to Make More Effective Sales Calls. Uh, You've got The Cold Call King Executive Edition, which has your calendar and your your daily revenue tracker and everything in it. And then you've got The Cold Call King, You Have Permission to Win, which is the latest one. And that book is literally a masterpiece. and has a lot of profanity in it. (laughs) It's a wonderful book.
1: (laughs) Okay. I'm going to put that on the reading list. If people want to follow you, where can they find you?
3: Um, Honestly, the easiest way, just go to jrqtv.com. jrqtv.com. All of my social media is there. Um, There's just a lot going on. I've probably got five or six different Facebooks. I've got Facebook groups. I've got Twitters and Instagrams there because there's so many facets of the business. There's the entertainment side, there's the business side, there's the speeches, there's the radio, there's the, the concerts, there's the books, there's like so many facets. So just go to jrqtv.com and everything is there and you can watch all of our shows. Just about 500 hours of viewing content on there from all of our talk shows and it's all business related. Uh, so as small business owners, you'll learn a lot there.
1: Okay. Well, I like that. And I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. We have two minutes left. Is there anything you want to say to the audience?
3: Yeah, absolutely. You know, at the end of the day, believe in yourself. Uh, You know, wake up every morning, look in the mirror, tell yourself who you are. Who you want to become? Don't be afraid to write it down. One of the things that Grant Cardone uh, said, you know, in in his book in the ten X book, is he just he grabs a notepad, he sits it on the on his nightstand, and every single day, uh, you know, he has a new page on every day, and he, and he sits down and he writes his goals of where he wants to be today, where he wants to be in a year, where he wants to be in ten years, where he wants to be in life, and he just starts marking things off of his list, and in twenty some odd years he went from being completely broke to being worth $900 million. And, you know, Tony Robbins is another one of those people that have done it. Robert Kiyosaki's done it. Gary Vee has done it. And, you know, people are saying that I'm doing the same thing, which is, again, crazy to me that people are actually putting me into a category with these guys. But I'm not going to argue with them. It's super
2: cool. Yeah, just take the win. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I'm
3: just going to take the win. And, and, and again, just uh, continue to be continue to be true to myself, you know, inspire people, give as much as I possibly can. And, um, you know, when these, when these high schools and stuff call me and want to interview, interview me for their business class, take the interview and answer the questions uh, as best as I can to continue to inspire these
2: people.
1: I think that's amazing. Thank you so much for being on. We really, I like that. We didn't even have to interview you. We just asked you, you ran it. I like that. That was good. I should have just had a cup of coffee and listened. <laughs> I, learned, I learned a lot and I like learning. Thank you so much for joining hey. us on the show. We didn't get to any questions from Twitter, so I'm going to have a lot of hate mail. Um, we, might, we might need to, if it's okay with you, bring you back on to answer some questions, because we didn't get to Absolutely. any of those.
3: Hey, no, here's the thing, let's, let's book another one, and then at the same time, let's get you on the My Show as well. If you're ever up in Sacramento, we'll get you in front of the camera, and we'll record up here as well.
1: That, I don't know what happened. Technology is my enemy. Definitely, I definitely want to go on your show, and I want you back on ours. And I apologize to everyone on Twitter who is currently sending me hate mail. Um, I promise we will answer questions next time. A very, very, um, very special They should reach guest.
3: out to me, too. They're, they're always welcome to reach out to me.
1: I like that. Hey, so you guys they, can reach out. We're gonna put up a where link where
2: they can find you, so there we go.
3: We did, yeah, and
1: we'll, uh, we'll put up a link so they can find you. Guys, I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of the militant moderate, Paul Michael Bolt. And I want to say thank you very, very much, John Robert Quinn. Thank you so much for being on the show. I'm going to rope you into this again so we can actually answer some questions. We'll get it done. I like that. Good night, guys. Sorry about the technical glitch.
0: Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.